Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome everybody to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. We're here, we're back in the basement, uh, fucking early, we're on our fourth spring in Minnesota, because it was like 50 degrees out this weekend, and I was in my flight jacket, that's right, I have a flight jacket, I had it before mopeds, and it was bought at an Army-Navy surplus store, and I... I'm very excited, but I was kind of disappointed at the same time that I didn't get a chance to wear it at the Daggers rally because it would have been great. Anyways, I'm excited. I'm so fucking excited, you guys, because my Baker's bike's running the way it should. Like, this is way beyond where I was last year. Like, my I'm going to say it's like I've got some plumbing to do, just like some things here and there that I want to do, but like mechanically it's fucking solid like it's you know i was just taking it on some kind of highway ish roads around and i was rolling like you know way too fast but like in the like comfortably wide open throttle at 370 degrees and a grand is a little cooler day and like i still got some tuning the motor's still breaking in but like and no i don't plan on running baker's dozen at wide open throttle because i know it's a moped and it'll break and it'll fall apart. But <laughs> um, that just, that made me happy because last year I couldn't do that. And everybody knows my failure last year, how I fucking beat my knuckles. They were, they were bloody. And so, but yeah, dude, and I got, and I got backrest set up. I got some fairing set up. I got a few other things, but I got to, like I said, it's 90% done. If I really want to, I could load that thing on a truck and we could start the bakers tonight. So I am freaking excited. Um, and I'm, <sighs> I got to go do some stuff that I, you know, my other part of my life. And like, I went to a thing. I went to one of my ninja meetings and I feel so fucking grateful that the life I have today, um, mopeds gave me that. Like I was, you know, I did this, did that. I, I was kind of lost for a few years. Like I was kind of trying to find my place and like, I am a moped dork at this point and I get to reach out in my other aspects of my life. And like when people ask me, like I'm talking about sobriety here, folks, like, what do you do? I'm like, you gotta get something else. Like I drove myself nuts trying to do that thing and I still do that thing, but I needed something else. So like, I am so grateful for mopeds. It has taught me it's people in mopeds have taught me how to be a gooderist better in human because you know it just is that way like i have i reached out to somebody that like i had a little welding project and i'm just like dude can you help me out with this because he's when it comes to mig or uh, mig no when it comes to tig welding he on certain aspects he's way better than me and he's like i'm like dude i'll pay you doesn't matter he's like show me a number that's stupid cheap and that's what moped's done for me or you know, helping the new guy out, get setting him up with a stock moped, get him addicted uh, to this thing, dude. It's so fucking rad. And just the chance encounters that we get at the end of a Baker's Dozen and then run into the same face you never thought you would have saw again in Santa Fe. Um, and that's kind of my lead into the show right now. Like, I, I know he's got an interesting story. I know this person has an interesting story to tell. And I just want to, I want to find more about it. Cause that's my thing. Cause 
one of my pet peeves in life is like when people say, hi, how are you doing? And then just walk, walk away. That's what this podcast has enabled me to do is to get to know people because like everybody talks about like the rally friends where you like chit chat and like do the superficial thing. But like, I like to think that I get to know people on a better level by doing this. And I just happen to record it and you guys get to listen in and do you like it? I don't know, dude. I do. So let me introduce my guest for this week. Yes. Hello. This is Jose. <laughs> How are you doing tonight, Jose? Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, where are you coming out of for everybody in the Second Chance Moped Podcast land? I am in San Francisco, California. Oh, you are in San Francisco. I thought you were in San yeah. Diego for some reason. No. You get me out there, and I don't know where the you you saw me in Santa Fe. I kept on calling it the wrong state the whole time. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do remember that. Some of that might have been intentional, but whatever. Um, any club affiliations? Anything like that? No, or? no affiliations. <laughs> Good. Well, it's not always such a bad thing. But mingle, here, Jose, ready to mingle. <laughs> here on. Uh, let me t- let me start up my intro again here, Jose, on Second Chance Moped Podcast. We go through people's moped journeys. I eat the very first time they ever saw a moped, the smile ride, you know, kind of early days, middle part of the journey, what it's like today. So, Jose, let me ask you this. What was your very first memory of a moped? Not necessarily getting on it, but, like, you can conceptually know, hey, that's a moped. Ah, okay. So my first memory of a moped was uh, maybe in, like, 2019. No. Oh. Earlier. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. <laughs> I was, no, it was pretty late. Like, I haven't been doing this for a very long time. So, okay. it was um, 2018. I don't know. I was, yeah, 18. 18, that wow. sounds about right. I had a coworker that had a moped. Um, and he would come into work every day with a moped. And I always thought, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And we, like, we were friends. So, like, I would go out sometimes. And we would go out and, like, meet up somewhere. And he'd be, like, on the moped. And I'm like, damn, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty good, cool way to get around. Uh so yeah, that was my first experience seeing okay. a moped. Was that in uh, San Francisco or? Yeah, that was in San Francisco. I've been living in San Francisco for six years. Yeah, since 2016. Dude, that's so right. Um, about like a year, like two years into living here. That's when I found out about yeah, yeah. mopeds, sadly. Uh, what part of San Francisco are you in? I'm going to pretend I know the area, even though I was there like San Francisco once. is tiny. So if you've never seen San Francisco on a map, it's like eight miles. Yeah. Like either way. So mm-hmm. like it's very tiny. Um, so I'm in the out what do you call the outer sunset, which is right by the beach on the west side. So I'm on right on the west coast. Right on. I went yeah. there as a Ute and um that was, you know, I did the whole we have some friends out and just a hair west or hair east of uh the bay and um rad people but like we did the whole tours trap thing i was like 13 probably smoking a lot of weed whatever um and i gotta get out there dude because like a it's such a rad city b i want to ride mopeds in san francisco just like everybody else um, it is a very cool place to ride mopeds oh dude i can't imagine very fun like, place to ride mopeds yeah 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 um so you had this uh co-worker um mm-hmm. riding mopeds what i'm gonna get grand granular on this what were you doing for a job at this point in your in your days <laughs> i was working at guitar center 
dude, that's awesome. So it's terrible. You know, the guy this week at Guitar Center. Um, yes. <laughs> I was very good friends with his nephew, and his name is Rick, and he always called him Uncle Rick. And like Chad would put him on speakerphone. He's like, Chad. How was your band doing this week? It was just hilarious because <laughs> Chad was in a he was in a kind of a semi-famous new metal band in the early two thousands. So it was just a riot hearing that Uncle Rick's voice. Uncle um, Rick, a micro yeah. celebrity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you work in Guitar Center, you've seen this moped. Like, what got the itch for you to even did you ask to write it or like what got the itch for you to even do it? No, it's funny because it was the most a moped, moped, the Yuri's a maxi. Um, and it was all janky. I mean, of course, I didn't know that at the time. It just seemed like a moped to me, but yeah. it was like super shitty, janky, but it was very like, um, what is it? Oh, well, what happened is I, w- I hadn't even thought about getting one. And then my I totaled my car like one day and like um, I was like, oh, I need a something to move on like i don't i can't afford a new car so um yeah i hit i hit i hit up my coworker, and we went to go pick up this maxi from craigslist that i got for like 300 bucks or something dude that's a steal like well it, the, it was it was bad like it needed like a cool it needed a whole rebuild and the tank was like kind of rusty and there's just like it was clapped out but it was a project and like i wanted yeah. to learn how to work on it so that was fun um and we rebuilt that somehow um and yeah i i remember the first time i wrote it well the first time we when we got it it ran it started but it ran super shitty mm-hmm. um so that's when we knew or that's when he knew it needed to rebuild i was just like i just want to write this thing yeah whatever <laughs> we rebuilt it over a couple of weeks um eventually got on it and i thought it was so cool going 30 we were able to like stock kit so it was like yeah. going like 30 and Not couldn't bad, even dude. do the San Francisco Hills. It was geared so short. It was like 13 on the front and something huge on the back. Oh, wow. So, like, you got your smile ride right away then. I I'm did. Guessing. Nice. Yeah, I did. I rode the thing for everywhere. Um, were you having to walk it up the hills? Because, like, that's one thing I've been lucky enough in mopeds. Like, I've always had I, – I rode stock bikes. I, I, I lie. I did walk a moped up a hill, but it was like – a gravel road hill, blah blah blah. But um, so how how much walking did you have to do with that moped right away? Um, well, while I was running, not much walking because it was geared super short. Yeah, and so yeah. with super short gearing, like I would top out at like twenty five, but then I'd be like killing these hills like in san francisco it was so, so it was funny because like Francisco bike is what you're saying like whoever it, it, owned it at one point knew enough to get it san franciscoized yeah it, it had a, it had a, a uh promo circuit so it was okay. like all low end and yeah, just yeah. like 25 miles an hour top speed but that that bike did break down on the bottom of a lot of hills <laughs> um and i would always have to walk it back home and go over these huge hills and then eventually coast it down which yeah. is nice how how were the brakes the brakes were not good for sure <laughs> and i'm sure that i would like i mean with what i know now i am 100 sure they weren't good but they were good <laughs> enough at the moment yeah um, um but i do remember being sketchy even stock mm-hmm. ish but it, 
I was gonna say, did you have a working rear brake? Because that was that was an option I didn't Barely. have for many years in mopeds. Like the first few years I was riding mopeds, I was running these fucking shitty DR Proma Hobbits with front brakes only. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember my front my front brake was the only one that was good. The rear brake is like it was either timed all the way and like it wouldn't, you know, the brakes wouldn't release. And then, yeah. or it was like you had to do the pushback on the throttle. You have to really jam it, and it would barely slow you down. Yeah, yeah, not, it wasn't great. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad. Not I'm good. glad you lived through that experience. I never, uh, I never crashed on that. So thankfully, dude, that's fucking rad. I think yeah. there's something to be said about learning how to ride a moped on shitty brakes and understanding they're shitty because, like, you're not blowing four ways. You're always looking. At least that's kind of what I was. I was ultra paranoid as yeah. Um, so you had that maxi. When did you start to, how did you learn how to rebuild it is kind of my question. Like, had you kind of discovered moped army or any forms or YouTube? Well, my, my friend wasn't a, like he was, he had gone to many rallies and he's, okay. he was into it for many years before I, I was. Okay. So he showed me to moped army and I learned, well, I learned by watching him for the most part, how to, sadly i learned by watching him. um and yeah like i saw i saw how to rebuild it i was like amazed that it was so simple because mm-hmm. it was an e50 so it was like oh, whatever okay. and i mean i had never i didn't have any kind of like mechanical experience or anything before that so i thought i was and i've always wanted to learn so it was it was a really fun learning experience and then finding moped army and like asking questions and shit breaking and like trying to figure it figure it out that was fun too yeah that's one thing i i so appreciate um the humbleness with some people who just have never turned a wrench really before they got into mopeds and they want to learn and they that's that's always an awesome journey and progression to see because like you don't know me that well and like i came from a mechanical background which kind of screwed me over more than once because i thought i knew stuff and I had to get my butt humbled many, 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 many times by mopeds, which everybody does. I mean, everybody gets humbled by these stupid toys, but like, that's just the way it is. Um, so you had that stock maxi. You decide I'm. I like to do my timelines. It works out in my OCD head. Um, yeah, I like it. It. At what point did you decide you start, decide to rebuild it? What did you do? Just like the standard K Star kit, or yeah, it was like a fifty kit. It wasn't even. Oh, you just went fifty right away. I never. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was fifty starting point, and um, the stock exhaust was all clogged up, so we used um, a Proma circuit. Okay. Yeah, I... and that was like pretty much it. It was like a fifteen Bing or something. Oh like yeah, that. it was like of course easy, easiest, biggest thing you can find. I actually did the grill method on stock exhaust for a Hobbit once, like when I before I put like a stocko shaco kit like mm-hmm. i threw it in the charcoal and i actually went down to like gas station to use their oh, air for compressor. the pipe yeah to like but yeah to blow to it like out after i passed it out yeah yeah because like i had i had tools but i had no like air i had nothing and i was like and they're like oh my gosh everything blew out and i'm like and i i want to say i felt a performance difference after i maybe not but whatever um, yeah i don't there i wouldn't even do that anymore like if i saw a stock clock pipe i'd be like i'm not taking care of this like trash going in the well, trash. especially those hobbit ones it's just like i've got 
I keep some because I've actually sold two stock stock exhaust. Why people want those, I don't know. But like, I think Maze or somebody said to me, yeah, you should just throw all your um, point systems away for hobbits. They're worthless. Dude, I never did. And I'm sold, like I've probably redone about five, six hobbits and I just go HPI because I want to see. I have sold every set of stock points for my hobbits. Like, I just put a number on people buy them up. Like I don't want to run them, but you know, other people do, I guess. Yeah. The purists, they really yeah, want yeah. their points or something. <laughs> they want to use sandpaper and clean. They I want mean, more things to break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you did that K star kit. Uh, how, how'd that go for you? We want to kind of talk about that. Like it was fun. Yeah. That's right. I mean, already I wrote the thing everywhere. I would get, had the, the there's a maxi with the single seat and a book rack okay so the little lift the one you could lift and like clamps down yeah and i would get pizza on it all the time like i would get a, <laughs> get a whole box of dominoes and just like pop it on the back and i would always go get pizza and i would Dude, like write it everywhere awesome. right at school um yeah just i think i was scrolling city. through your instagram page and you may have had a maxi with some a pizza i do box i have it. a maxi with a pizza on it and i was looking through it too because i was like what, what's on here? What, what have I built before? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you had the KSR kit rolling around. Um, have you really, and San Francisco is such a weird, and like I am very ignorant to San Francisco moped scene right now. Like it seemed like it was a huge thing. Like the creatures were huge. And then Back they're in the not day. so huge. And then they're <laughs> huge. Like, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm not trying to overstep like, they were you... there was a lot of people back in the day mm -hmm. way before my time yep and i've seen the videos i've seen the ma threads all the pictures it was insane at some points um i mean i've just seen videos of like parking lots with hundreds of mopeds mm -hmm. like and there and i've heard that their moped mondays used to be insane they used to have like 70 people come out every moped monday and it'd be like a rally every week that's awesome but that died down yeah life <laughs> happens a long dude. time ago nowadays there's not a lot of people there's there's some people riding around and i was putting on rides like weekly rides um like a year ago and i just kind of got over it um there's not a lot of people riding in the city right now Sadly. Mm -hmm. No, that's a bummer. Like, you know, and it comes and goes in waves like anything else. Um, yeah. Because, like, I heard s I'm not going to – it's a sand city that's by L.A. two hours anyways. Like, that was a big scene for mopeds for a while. Um, the heavy for peddlers. San Diego? There you go. I think Maybe it's San Diego. Right I, I'm Randy is probably gonna get pissed at me because I can't remember anybody. No, I I think I heard about San Diego. They like threw a couple rallies and yeah. there's some people there. Um, and my family li lives down there, and I go down there sometimes. And I've hit up some people that are there, but it doesn't seem like there's some like a scene really. Well, it seems like it's starting. Like, and when I say it, yeah, starting, oh, there's, like there, five there to is six. A new, there is yeah. a new club. I don't know if they're a club or what they would call themselves, but. There's a new group of people mm -hmm. putting on rides in San Diego. I don't know yep. if they advertised was... a ride recently. I don't know if anybody, like, how many people showed up or what, what's up with that. Well, do you remember that um, those two people that showed up 
out at Santa Fe. Uh, she was riding a Sax. He was riding a Tomos. Um, Randy and yes, they were. Yes, I think they're puddle cutters, right? No, nope. nope. They're, they're their own thing. They're all oh. they. Um, they're from San Diego. Like they're really? heavy peddlers, and he was actually oh. on the show. Yeah. Um, and oh, Randy cool. actually flew out to Tampa or not Tampa, <laughs> the Daggers. I'm thinking of a different person that was there that was visiting from Portland. There was a um, bunch of people from Portland there. Yeah, there's a lot, a big group of them. But anyways, San Diego, back to, back heavy to you. peddlers. Yeah, yeah, great people, um, awesome cool. people. Um, they like Malort. What what can I say? Um, so you have that maxi you got that k circuit you're rolling all over the place in san francisco um are you starting to see like an outside scene like other than you and your buddy or is there any are you trying to meet up with people or there's like... some people so there's there's some in, in this time frame in this time frame i'm talking like okay there's some creatures um that still live in the city mm -hmm. um some have moved away since i moved here but um, some of them, there's like a very small group of people that is still in the mopeds and they're like older people. So I definitely learned a lot from them. And like, they were stoked that a new person was getting into it. So I was definitely talking to people and seeing bikes and riding faster bikes. And I was like trying to figure out how I could do that with my own bike and just kind of like learning all about it. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. And at the same time, I was like looking through Moped Army and seeing all these rallies happening and like being interested in it um and being on the west coast is such a unique thing in its own right for mopeds because like the midwest like ohio is weird because like you can go to pretty much any rally in that area and it's like the longest you can go is eight hours away but you guys really have to make a march to go to a rally so let me ask you this like what was your first rally you ever went to Sacramento was it <laughs> it's, yeah it's right there it's like yeah. it's like an hour and a half away okay what one that was, was my it? first rally 2019 what was it called though is what I was um wondering. what's Kraken that's what it's called oh okay I think I've Land seen the fl flyer for that the land squid right on yeah I think um, that was 2019 yeah like fall 2019 okay right um, before the yeah right before the pandemic yeah right before the before times yeah um so what was that like for you going to that bigger that event well at that point i had had i was probably like at this i got into mopeds 2019 that's when i got my first moped and i remember okay. it was my first year um and by by then i had already found i had already been riding my moped and around the city and i had already kitted my bike mm -hmm. um with a treat read because I wanted to go faster because I saw my friend's bikes were a lot faster than mine. So I wanted to get, get it fast. And I remember, and so I kept the super short gearing that didn't, that thing did like 40, but it killed Hills cause it still had the promo. Yep. So I pretty much went from that 50 K star to the treat read. Yep. Um, and I was like having a blast. So I really wanted to take it on a rally. Um, and Sacramento, I don't know if you've been to Sacramento rally, but or if you've ever been to Sacramento, there's no hills and there's really long roads. And their ride was very long. So it was my my bike was just wide open the whole time. I was having a blast, like <laughs> thinking thinking I was going so fast and I was going like 40. 
Yeah, everybody's going. Zing, zing, zing. Yeah, everybody's passing by me. They're <laughs> geared like super low or super <laughs> tall, so they're just like going sixty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was fun, and then meeting people there. They're really nice. Malian squids. Yeah, yeah. A lot of rad people out there. Uh, yeah. That's what I can say. Um, so you go to that rally, you're starting to see the scene. Um, and then like that winter happened and the pandemic started to go on. Um, what was mopeds like for you at that point? Um, after I had come back from Sacramento, Sacramento rally was like September, October, maybe August. Um, I was like, I want, well, my bike broke down right at the end of the ride. It was my stator came loose or something something dumb like that um and i was like well i want a bike to go fast Mm -hmm. and i want a reliable bike so that i can keep riding it if one breaks so i got myself a project bike my project bike (laughs) my second bike which is really funny considering a lot of people don't get this opportunity was a derby c5 so it was the top tank derby Mm-hmm. Um, and it had been in, for sale in SoCal in San Diego for like months. I remember when I first got my Maxi, I'd been looking in San Diego for mopeds and that thing had been there for so long and nobody wanted to buy this thing. It was so cheap. Like it was just cheap on Craigslist and it was mm-hmm. a top tank derby, like the rarest, yeah, one of the rarest ones. So it was like, Let, okay, I got to ask numbers. How cheap was it? I paid a grand that's including shipping to oh, yeah to san francisco from san diego it doesn't matter you paid a grand for that derby like yeah. that's that's stupid that's stupid cheap like i know and it yeah. was like it was running too so yeah it was a little clapped out the seat was like all gnarly it wasn't even it was like a skateboard seat and of course um, it was yeah there was just like a lot of bad things about it but it was there it was complete ish yeah you got a C5 running. Derby for a thousand bucks. I don't care if shipping's included or not, dude. That's freaking, yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, what's funny is because I got that bike because in Sacramento, a bunch of the treats dudes there had the had like all their top tank derbies. I was like, these are sick. How do I get yeah. one of these? Um, and I was like, oh, I feel like I've seen one of these for sale in San Diego. And I spoke to one of them and they were like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah there's, it's like a grand or something. He's like, get it. so so i got it um and i had no idea like what that bike was like i didn't understand variators i i was so intimidated by rebuilding that whole engine because i don't know if you ever split a piston port but they're they're more intimidating than e50 not so much more now but um, i've never split one apart but i realized like stepping up from like the e50 like kindergarten i'm not saying e50s are kindergarten but like and the knowledge it takes to do an E50 versus like a piston port derby, the world's apart. Yeah. I was way in over my head for sure. But that's um, awesome, dude. That's because then, then you get to learn and break shit. That's, that what, was I love. Ex- that's what I was excited about. Yeah. Um, so I got that bike. Um, and this is like the December before the pandemic. So I've just been, I was just like working on it. I got this. I, like kits for those are pretty rare so i like hit up this guy in spain to ship me a kit and the kit sucked but i didn't care because i thought it was the coolest bike um yeah rebuilt it eventually what kit did Um, you end up putting on there it was a metric 65 
Okay. A metric metric is sixty five. Um, and the piston port and pyramid reed ones are like pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Um, we've so, got new Jake in Minnesota. I've dubbed him like he's buying up everything he can for piston port and pyramid reed because he bought he bought a derby the dirt bike derby from Ed Manhart, and I don't care to learn derbies because I don't and. It could have been. I don't think it's a C five. It's um. No, it's. I think he's got like a Magnum chop thing. No, uh, he's got a real derby. Ed? Oh, the RD, the RD fifty. Yeah, right? der, derby RD. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, that's what Jake, new Jake, bought off of Ed Manhart. So that's pretty much the same thing I have. Yeah, yeah. except the tanks are slightly different, and the seat. Yep. Um, but it's the same frame, same engines, and all that. But mm -hmm. yeah, good. He should. Um hoard as many of those parts as he can don't tell this kid that because then he'll just <laughs> no jake i i love to bust his balls but like he is such a good sport and he has such a passion for mopeds and i give him you know he's another person who never turned a wrench before uh getting into mopeds and you know i think he was looking for something too in his life and like you know that's awesome and like that's i'm really happy for him that he's found it but yeah, Sick sorry. Bike. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to your C back to your uh C five and rebuilding and Yeah, I mean that's like I rebuilt it, I rode around and I was like happy. I I mean I didn't like I didn't know how to really tune variators, but it's like it wasn't very fast. I wasn't satisfied with it at all for a while because um, what wasn't very fast for you? Um like I just uh, I like uh the bike the bike wasn't no no i'm fast. saying like speed wise was it like oh like... it did like 40 okay and i was like this thing's like it had a, it had good low end like i could yep. do any hills but it had like it did like 40 and i was like i was expecting like everybody was talking about variators and i was like i was expecting something a lot faster mm -hmm. but now it's pretty slow i also like i had like the completely wrong pipe for it i had a tiny carb and like there was like like a lot of things that I didn't know about. So well, it took me a while to actually get it going. Hmm? Mm -hmm. You're still new and learning. Yeah. And yeah. So like, yeah, don't be, don't feel bad about that at all. Like, oh, I, no, I, I learned but, all, every like, day on these, but things. I realized how far I come back then. And back then I was dumb. So like, I didn't, <laughs> so I didn't, I just didn't get it. Yeah. I, Dude, I, I guess I also dumb. wasn't trying to learn or was, no, I was trying to learn, but I was struggling to learn without, knowing the basics of a lot mm -hmm. of things so, jumping ahead is a better phrase <laughs> um so you got that c5 you're rolling around um did what you do for riding during um the pandemic was it kind of solo or was it like how protect like everybody has um taken their own path during the whole rona thing and i'm not here to judge or how anybody handled it i probably did it so half half, half ass there was because like i'd mask up everywhere but i'd travel all the time i got my shot and as soon as i get my shots i stopped masking up like i'm you know i i did the best i could with my own add but um and i i just wanted to ride like that makes me so freaking happy as riding and like yeah what, well, what was at, your experience like during this time? And, um, so at this point, I was living. So that friend 
um, who originally got me into mopeds, I was living with, I moved down mm-hmm. um, and I was his roommate. He was my roommate. So we shared a garage downstairs. Um, and so at the beginning of the pandemic, it was just like, no work, no, like everything got canceled. So like for months, we were just downstairs wrenching all day <laughs> and writing, like, cause we already lived together. So it's like, we're not going to get it. So yep. um, yeah, it was a lot of garage time during the pandemic. And I think um, probably right before, no, maybe like right as the pandemic started, I that's when I started being like, okay, I got all this time. So I might as well just make everything really fast. So I like, I rebuilt that C5. I like put a kit on it, a better, much better kit on it. HPI and like did all these things and that's when I started getting like fast and I started understanding what I was doing and just playing around with it so that was a lot of fun just trying to do th- dumb things with that yeah yeah uh did you ever blow that kid up or like because no. I don't feel you did I hate you so I did not that. that I so I put a, a pook euro kit on it mm-hmm. um I didn't even know what tra- you know, chamfering the ports was uh, I don't think I did <laughs> Um, I never, what's funny with the metric kit, I did blow that kit up. Well, I, I seized it a couple times. It was soft seizes. It was pretty, yeah. it wasn't even that bad. Was that but, a cast iron kit? Yeah, it was a cast iron kit. Okay. And then I got this aluminum kit. Um, and yeah, like never had any problems with that. That thing ran like it was for like a year, probably mm-hmm. over a year. Um, and that thing ripped. That was such and it's funny because every every so often i would do something to it where i would find something like i would toy around with it and be like oh that's what i'm doing wrong and then like fix that and make like it'd be even faster so like that thing kept improving for a long time yeah and yeah that's the great thing about those metric kits like if you get them dialed in where they're not leaking and you got the timing right like they just march like well, I, had, I swapped out I I, did, I wasn't running the metric kit at the oh, time. Oh, you had that derby. You had that the Euro kit. Pook Euro kit. Yeah. Yep, yep. yep. Which is Sorry. like, yeah, it's just like a piston port kit. It was, yep. it was good. It was it, it like all I wanted was a low end because that was that was fun for me. Like going up the crushing hills and like and like just um, having a lot of in the city. It's really helpful. Mm-hmm. San Francisco's so tiny that like everything's really dense. So there's always like a lot of like traffic just huddled together. So yep. there's not a lot of uh, opportunity to actually like, um, you know, ring it out, like actually go straight for a while. So low end was like where the fun was at for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's still, yeah. Especially the variated bike. Like, yeah, <laughs> so. that's yeah. Once I started understanding like how to work it, that's when I got fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's one thing that always like, I haven't played around with E50s that much and I'm going to eventually when I finally get that poop when I do something with that pook. Um, but like I got to ride uh, a Maggie X from Eric from QCB. Um, and that thing, he's got that clutch dial. He's got like that Mr. Cool Ice on there and he's got the Kloss, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. the new that clutch thing, thing slips like a very, it takes off like a variated bike. And I'm like, okay, I could get behind an E50 now. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you and your roommate were riding around doing your thing in San Francisco. Um, not much is going on. Um, and 
not to jump ahead and you're more than welcome to throw any other highlights in like how i met you um what made you decide to do baker's dozen that's kind of my question that's related because that that was on this c5 that i had been building um i had been writing that thing for like over a year with the same build for the most part i i think i had a really shitty pipe on it so i swapped it out and that helped a lot and then I went to another pipe that was better for it. And then another pipe Pipe was like the biggest difference that I was like learning about. Um, Cause I didn't really understand at the time how to, how they, how like it affected it. So that I kept making slow improvements over it. And then I, I'd seen about the event when I first got into it in 2019, but um, I was, I just, I was craving doing something like that for a while. So in what was it? Oh yeah. 2021. So last year, um, I was like, oh, I have this bike that's been like bulletproof. I might as well just try to ride it. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I didn't even use the same build, like the same engine that I had been riding. Like I knew the bike and I knew the engine. Like I knew I could build something else that like, mm-hmm. was even better and just as reliable. So I had an extra engine that I had gotten through treats maybe. And um, yeah, I built that up and decided to go do it nobody else that i knew wanted to do it that's <laughs> so the just, trick dude is trying to get yeah. people to like hey do you want to come with me on this adventure and you get to sit in a vehicle for five to seven days yeah well that's um it sounded fun to my non-moped friends mm-hmm. so that's that's why i got to come with me in, in the chase um, yeah, yeah. So I was which was awesome that. like that's yeah. so rad you got to show these people who had nothing to do with this world like this a sample of it yeah they loved it i'm sure they probably wouldn't have liked it as much if they were into mopeds i think yeah because <laughs> yeah. they um but back up a little bit you um what was your build you did for the baker's dozen like what was the motor i mean so it, was a, it, was a, it was a piston port a derby piston port motor with um a poop gila okay um like a, a hpi mini rotor mm-hmm. um what else i don't know i think it was like a 19 phb or something um i'm Pipe taking was... notes secretly but <laughs> oh dude free i'm anti-secret i'll share everything yeah, yeah. not it um, is you probably uh, yeah I was going to say, um, you probably know what I was trying to put together. It's the same build. I just actually, yeah. I did what really screwed me last year was I didn't bore my cases out enough and for the Hobbit. Uh huh. And I had an air leak and I was chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. And finally, like, oh, weird. Weekend. So it wasn't just like, it wasn't pressing, barely not pressing together. Yep. yep. Weird. Yeah. It was. <laughs> well, but it's, I feel like it's a lot. Hobbits are cool, and I've never got had one. I've thought about getting one every once in a while. It comes through my head, but I like derby, derby piston ports and pyramid reeds specifically, just because. Dude, good like, for you. The stroke is is like a game changer because mm-hmm. it's a forty three stroke like Pook, so it has that extra like torque and just like that extra displacement that just makes it way faster than everything else. Yeah, like, it just blows everything out of the water. Of course, it has its downsides, but. Yeah. Um, no, but you, you always hear like, oh, you got to go derby flat read and you're kind of against the grain. You're like, nope, give me a piston port. Give me a pyramid read. Like, that's yeah, awesome. I love that engine. It's so, I've had flat reads and they were, 
I recently gave one away because I was like, I do not want to build one of these. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you take it. I saw somebody broke that, um, broke theirs, and I was like, take mine. I don't care. Like, pay for shipping. <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. Um, um, and I mean, the awesome in like a totally rad moped kind of way. Um, so, and I'm, and I think you talked about this a little bit on Moped Monday, but like, I kind of want to go through like. Yeah, how long did it take you and your team to drive out to Atlanta from the Bay Area? And how was work about like everybody's like, I kind of tricked my work into letting me off for the amount of time well, I got to take off. Well, at but, the time I was working at Treats, so okay. that's when that's when um they're cool about it. So yeah, um I drove. I had all the time off. My friends were students, so. They were, they just had free time over the summer. Um, so, well, I was also a student at the point. I'm still a student, still going to college. But, um, um, but yeah, so we had all this free time, like enough time to go there and back. So, I mean, the drive was, it was fine. I, I love driving. I love long drives. I can drive mm -hmm. all day yeah. nonstop and just like have fun. Um, my friends were not so good at driving, so it was just me doing all the driving because they would okay. get tired after like an hour. So yeah. I loved it. I knew, I mean, I knew what was in for me. Like I knew I would have to drive there um, and make sure that they were okay the whole time, the whole race, and then drive the whole way back. So I knew it was in store with me. I was willing to make the sacrifice to go ride my bike. Yeah. Um, Sidetrack a little bit. Like for me, I love to drive too. I'm same thing. But for some reason, the last 45 minutes of any long ride, it doesn't matter if it's five hours or like 20 hours, like the last 45 minutes, I'm like, why did I do this to myself? I never want to drive again. But then like, I don't know what, like, but I still love it. I still do it. I'm going to do it this coming weekend. Like I'm going to go out to Toledo. So go hang out with the zeros. Um, but do you have anything like that where you just like get sick of being in the car? Um, no, may not, maybe not that far in. I mean, not, maybe not that like far close to my destination, yeah. but usually like halfway. I won't, I won't be like, why did I do this to myself? I'll just be more like, oh, it's only been five minutes since I last looked at the clock. Wow. <laughs> um, my time just slow down. What's your go to points. audio? Like, everybody, like, is it radio? Is it audiobooks, podcasts? Uh, just music. I'm always okay. listening to music that I like. So I don't make playlists or anything. I was like, shuffle all my music and that usually gets me right off i've got yeah. my new go-to thing on the road is the jeff jarrett he's a wrestler i do his podcast and i listen to just old shitty southern wrestling stories like it's that's the only time i listen to it um but yeah so you guys make it out to you got the bike how much stuff did you bring like extra wise with you was it uh, like shitload i brought my whole my whole toolbox pretty much mm -hmm. um like in separate bins and like i had like all these extra parts all these extra engines i had like forks wheels oh wow like, you went all out yeah i had a lot of parts in my car and my car was slammed with four people in it like this four people and the bike on the back so we originally had um the my bike on the bed of my car mm -hmm. and we were like riding there and like halfway through the first day i'm like 
we're really cramped in my car. We need to throw because yeah, they had like bags in their in their yeah uh, laps and shit. So like I was like, all right, um, I need I need more space. It was uncomfortable. So I stopped at Harbor Freight and I bought a, a motorcycle rack like nice. the the hitch one, like the yep. hitch one. But my car had the small hitch, like yeah. the inch inch and quarter or something. Yep. And so I needed to get the 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 two inch adapter and so yeah. like i got the two inch adapter and it like stuck out like this much oh it, it puts it out there five miles dude i know yeah and so my car's really low already mm-hmm. and i put the bike on the thing and it's like scraping oh, like that's... i have i have and i have to hold it up i could just get a bunch of ratchet straps and like go around like that okay and, like hold to push it up <laughs> and every single turn like every single dip or like um like gas stations and yep. all our stops like just terrible scraping but i was like this this will have to do because otherwise it's not doable that was fun that was funny and i had to and i had to build this whole rack um in like the parking lot of uh harbor freight in (laughs) like fresno it's like (laughs) fresno or some shit like in the middle of nowhere (laughs) you're in i love harbor freight and tell me it was in the hood somewhere huh was it in the hood somewhere because like Um, those are the best harbor freights i love them Fresno is kind of the hood, but okay, it's a different so, kind of hood because it's 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 just in the middle of nowhere. If you've okay. never you should look at Fresno sometimes because it's really depressing. It's okay. in the middle of the state. Uh I remember the first time I went to go see um my ex-wife, one of her best friends, like she goes, Jim, she lives in a very, very rough neighborhood in the Bronx. I'm like, okay. Or it was long island and i'm like okay china that's cool we get off the bus and i see a harbor freight i'm like okay that's the kind of neighborhood we're in <laughs> um i, don't, I, love yeah, I didn't know freight. that was the thing with harbor freights i mean i believe it but oh yeah, yeah. fresno's not fresno's not the hood it's fresno's yeah. like families live there it's yeah, yeah. a normal and it's not, it wasn't like the hood like you gotta wear bulletproof vest by any means but it was you know it was a low economic neighborhood like and that's what it was and like i live in one low so like i'm no judge dude i love my i love my neighborhood um but like ryan go showed me the greatest hack in the world for the if you've got the inch and a quarter and you need the adapter granted this wouldn't have helped you at that time but what he did he took that rack like I have like the luggage rack. I just throw my mopeds on diagonally. Well, what he did, he put the whole luggage rack on top of that adapter and welded it to the adapter. Mm-hmm. So you gain like five, six inches doing that game changer. Like making, making it closer, pushing it closer. Yep, You bring it closer and you know, put it on top. I will send you pictures. Oh, no, no. I seen. I know. I know what you're talking about. I've yeah, seen yeah. people do that. And yeah. that would have been nice if I had planned that ahead, but I thought that we had enough space and I thought we could do it. But Dude, someday I still have that rack and I'm just never going to use it again. I have a bed <laughs> in the car. Like everyone, everyone's going to use that. Yeah. But you never know. You could pack four people in there for a baker's dozen adventure again. And that's true. I wouldn't do four people again. I would do maybe three. <laughs> four is a little pushing it. <laughs> um, so you guys, what was that like because had you ever been to that part of the country like i don't really know even talking no like, that was my first time on the east coast like what um, what did the what was the farthest out where did you grow up grow up i guess because i didn't really touch on that at the beginning like i 
find that fascinating. People like getting out of their geographical areas and like, oh my god, this is a beautiful world. Yeah. So I grew up in Mexico in Tijuana, wow. which is right below. Um, awesome, dude. San Diego. Yeah, right yeah. Below San Diego. So, um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much it's basically San Diego. It's basically yeah. California. So, um, yeah, I didn't go too far when I moved out. Yeah. Because um, we moved to San Diego. Um, and then I've like did like my whatever middle school and high school stuff there. And, and then I moved up for college to San Francisco. So, so it's, you're in that whole area and like, you haven't, what'd you think of the, like, how did you get out to Atlanta? Like, what was the pathway you took? Um, like the, is it the 80? No. Oh God. You took the death March. Yeah. Yeah, dude. What's the, the one that goes across the bottom near Texas. Oh, I think near that's... the top near the top of Texas, not through yeah. the middle of Texas, because that one's terrible. But yeah. the one where you cross that little hat on Texas. Yep, yep, yep. I know what you're talking about because I took that to Santa Fe. I didn't touch. Yeah, that's the yeah. same one I took to Santa Fe. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and I still don't count I've ever been to Texas other than uh, layovers because I just won't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Magnetos. Um, yeah. It was a very long ride, I remember, but. It was fun, whatever. Mayland lives, um, was living in Sacramento at the time, or is living in Sacramento. He had just moved there, I think. So um, I caught up with Mayland eventually, and we just caravanned all the way to Atlanta from there. Right on. Um, and then, yeah, once we got to Atlanta, um, I pulled my butt. Oh, well, um, halfway. Or maybe, yeah, no, at the, okay. So another part to the story at Harbor Freight is when I was putting this rack together and I put the bike on it, I was like, this is way too heavy. I need to take some weight off the back. Um, so I took out the engine and okay. tried to drop, take out, take off as much weight as I could from the bike. So I dropped the engine in the parking lot and like took it, taking all of these things. Um, and then when we got to Atlanta, I went to an auto zone um, parking lot and that's when i put all the shit back together right before the night before the race i was awesome. like putting it back together um making sure it like started and so like a couple of hours at this parking lot and i get it fired up starts right up um i have to like tune or or well it was like all out of tune but i didn't have the energy to do it so i was like <laughs> i'll just do it in the morning it's just um, mopeds yeah yeah i was like well i, I was like pretty scared about it because i was like I, I had never been to another place with a moped outside of Sacramento and that's not mm -hmm. much of a change. So like, I was like nervous about it, about throwing off the jetting and the tuning and all that. It was, yeah. I mean, the next day I woke up early and I I took it to a bunch of test rides and just kept lowering my jet. Like I must've done it like four or five times, probably more just like went lower and lower until it finally like cleared up. And I was like, once it stopped four stroking, I was like, great. It's good to ride. I'm not going to, going to test it. Like I'm good. Yeah. Um, Cause I had already tested the bike a lot at home and I knew that if it was jetted right, I'm good to go. Yeah. It's just getting that jetting dialed in at that point. Yeah. Cause is the L is there, it, can't, it, it couldn't have been too much elevation difference between uh, Atlanta and San Francisco. It's just the humidity and the dew yeah. point, wasn't it? something yeah i'm guessing it was the humidity. he was four stroking a lot and i remember um yeah just having to down jet a bunch and eventually i got it right before the start of the race and i was yeah. comfortable with it i was nervous i was like <laughs> i was so nervous but it was, I, I was i was ready 
how was that first day for you riding? Um, it was, it was, it was. So at first, it was very like. Um, so this bike had had been running for a long. This engine I had been running it for like, um, maybe four, three or four months. Like I, I was prepared a lot of like with a bunch of time I had so I could so I could test it and know that everything worked um so I wasn't I wasn't as much nervous I was just like okay let's see what happens like I mean I mean I know that these can break at any time so yeah we'll see um so the first day was just me like you know just relaxing I am a wide open throttle kind of person and you were mentioning <laughs> that you wouldn't do wide open I'm not that kind of person I anywhere i ride i'm just like wide open shut wide open yep. shut like i never go in between so like i i had tuned the spike to ride wide open and that's what i did mm -hmm. so it was great it was like riding great um i was like um i i my it wasn't very fast at first because i when i had tested it in san francisco um it was only doing like 50 and i was comfortable with that um that's like a, a, a bike that can do 50 wide open all day is amazing. I was like, this is perfect. Yep. So what's that? Oh, uh, so yep. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Um, so once I had like a couple hours in, I was like, I was just so stoked that it hadn't broken and that I was like catching up that I was like caught up with other people that they weren't like, you know, I wasn't going that slow. Mm -hmm. Everybody else was having their issues. I had no issues that first day at all. Um, except running out of gas one time and my chase not they were behind me so i had to wait for them for oh, a, no. a little while but that was like my only real issue otherwise it was so much fun like i was also stuck that i was like in first place after a while i was like wait is nobody behind me who's like yeah. there was people there was people next to me and they kept break, like breaking down and i was like am i winning right now yeah um so dude, that's would, amazing. Like just stoked. to lead any segment of that. That's fucking good on you, dude. That's so rad. I was so stoked about that. And there's a lot of times where we lost signal and like we were close to the to the end point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, they they gotta be right behind me. Like they're right, they were just there. So I'm sure like when we when I get signal, I'll see them right next to me or something. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much like the whole day. And like the bike it ran. It ran um, pretty good for the first couple hours, and once I got like once I got into these like twisties and like downhills, because it's pretty flat for the most part at the beginning, mm -hmm. and I got into these like cool roads, it's starting just it started to get like faster and faster, and I was like, "Whoa, this thing's doing like like mid fifties. This is in this is the fastest I've ever gone to moped. This is insane. Yeah. Like I didn't think I didn't think it could go that fast. So it just like it just gets better by itself. Well. I, I found out sort of off topic, I guess it's kind of on topic. So I found out what was happening was um, my belt was just stretching out on the, uh, like it was just like on the variator. Um, I was running, so I was running the treats variator at that point mm -hmm. um, with the Hobbit bell, the like super steep one. Yep. So at that point, like my belt couldn't go all the way up this, this, uh, this bell. And so it was just getting pushed and pushed and pushed and stretched until eventually I was just gaining more variation. So that's what just made my bike go faster, which was so funny because I like I would look down sometimes and I'd be like, whoa, it's like almost near the top. How is it doing this? And the belt like at at the um, 
at a stop when it would come to a stop the belt would be like slipping on the belt because it was so loose mm-hmm. but i just kept it like that because i was like i don't need the low end right now i just need yeah. to go faster and faster and that's how it kept getting um so the first day was fun i showed up um to the thing to the end point and i thought somebody would be right behind me but it took them i don't know i think i was like maybe like an hour ahead oh dude that's right team um so that was a lot of fun uh, i was yeah. stoked that first day i was stoked and then so the second day um was to the tail of the dragon and it was only like a like 70 miles yeah that was a miles. short day i remember it was a very that. short day probably not even 70 miles it was something ridiculous like short but yeah. it took us um but, but we like climbed like twelve thousand feet mm-hmm. um in like within an hour so this whole thing my bike had a ton of low end yeah so um when we first we started on this hill and so when we first started i was just like oh see ya just left everybody and i, I like i i knew they weren't like that far away because it was such a short ride so i was jamming it on these tight turns and like just wide open the whole time um and it was a really fun ride that was like insane to me that was one of the that was a really memorable memorable part because we were like climbing it was just uphill the whole time there was like no downhill and my bike was doing great everything about it was still doing great that second day i got i got to the end point and i think i was only a couple minutes in front of the next person and they were right behind me. They were like, I could hear your bike and I was getting close to you. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And then the third day, the third day was. It's because of that going, cursed fender. It was okay. So, yeah. So what happened is the first day or what that day at AutoZone, when I was putting my bike back together, I, um, I had, I don't know if I, I don't think I, oh yeah, I did take off my fender because I didn't want it like flopping around. Uh, on the drive to Atlanta, I put back on my, I put the fender back on and it was already nighttime while we were riding to the first campsite. So, um, I, I lost the fender along the way. I didn't even notice. I don't even know how I didn't notice. Yeah. Cause it was like, it was right over the top, but whatever I lost it. And I got to the campsite. I was like, Oh, I lost my fender. And then that morning, um, I just got like this <laughs> milk gallon and yeah. just cut a fender shape out of that <laughs> and slapped it on the bike. And it would like, it was all floppy. It would cover yeah. the headlight because it, <laughs> it was so dumb. I was like, okay, maybe it'll help. It did not help, but it was funny. <laughs> but when I got to the Tell the Dragon, they had all these um, parts from people that had crashed. And there was this one fender that was like perfect dual sport uh, fender. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to look great on my bike. So I just kind of stole it from the Tree of Shame. I don't know if you, I don't think you're supposed to do that, but I stole you it. You did. <laughs> I did. And so everybody said that it was cursed. And on the third day, the day after that, it started amazing. These We were riding downhill. down. So these 12,000 feet that we climbed, but we were riding down that now at the beginning. And so at this point, it wasn't about whose bike was faster because everybody could keep up with each other going downhill. But it was mm-hmm. about who could take the turns faster. So who, mm-hmm. who could ride harder? So that's when we were like, like this like passing yeah. each other like there was some people like i remember um close to the beginning there was like a couple on harleys they were just like going like 10 miles an hour down this fucking like twisty mountain just enjoying them and yeah. we were just like 
like um <laughs> like right on their tail and we just have to like pass them we were just like we're not gonna sit here and wait for these guys and they yeah. got all angry but we we're just like whatever and we just kept doing like i i think at one point we were doing like 58 on these huge hills and just had to like well it's also about who's had better breaks because yeah. if because if you get to that corner faster um you gotta slow down faster so i had this breaks so i was just like chill and don't yeah. it's just about keeping up um eventually we get all the out of these mountains and we're like going on these straights and it's just like wide open again just chilling mm-hmm. and it starts raining it starts pouring really bad um, my air filter is getting clogged like there's just a lot of bad things about it um and eventually i hear my exhaust get louder and i was i knew what that meant i was like okay ah, this is bad and i um and then it's suddenly like it's just loose so mm-hmm. well it's not hanging but I, it's like i just hear it like completely get it completely louder so i'm like okay it's it probably like the nuts probably fell off or something happened and so i stopped um my chase was somewhere else they like i was i had told them to like go eat or something because i was because i was like chilling mm-hmm. um i stop on the side of the road it's still pouring rain and I look under my bike and I see like a stud missing from the cylinder. And I'm like, oh, I'm missing a stud. I guess it must have fallen out. Whatever. I got new ones on me. So I pulled out my little toolbox because I, I had bags on my bike. So I had tools in there. I I thought I had everything to fix it. Um, and then I realized, oh, um, well, one of the studs fell out. I was like, okay, cool. And then the other one wasn't there. I was like, oh, I guess Willem must have fallen out somehow. And I take off the pipe and I see one of the studs like cut off flush into the cylinder. And I was like, fuck, how am I going to get that? Like, I, I don't know how to do that. Like, I don't have the tools to do that. So yeah. <laughs> at that point I called treats. Uh, oh no, no, no. Yeah. I called treats and I was like, what do I do? And they're like, okay, go to the AutoZone and get like a bolt extractor. And like, yep. eh, I had never used one before. So I was like, all right, like I'll find something. And as I'm on the call, like on FaceTime, I I like I was like talking to them and I look over and I'm like, oh God. And I see like my frame. It's a tube frame, right? So yep. and it's got the cradle. And I see my frame is like the tube is like right here. And this in the middle is where the engine would mount. Mm-hmm. My tube is just like snapped completely, yeah. like hanging. <laughs> so I was like, what? I was like on the phone. <laughs> I was like, and I was like on the phone. I was like, wait, 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 look at this. And I like switch the camera and they're like, Oh no. <laughs> so <laughs> so you're like, riding this ultra rare bike and hey, it broke the frame. Oh, yeah, fuck. I broke the frame. And then um that's when my chase cho- shows up. Well, oh my by then my chase had already shown up and mm-hmm. I was trying to fix it like on the side of the road. It had like kind of the raining kind of calmed down. I got a tarp and like laid on the floor just so I could like fix the exhaust. And that's when I noticed that my like um frame was broken and um and my chase is like making fun of me in the background. Oh, they're just God. like taking, they're taking pictures like next to me, like, like, <laughs> like just laying they're down. All posing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like posing next to me and taking pictures. And I'm just like, I'm freak. Well, I'm not freaking out. I'm laughing. I'm like, I'm dying of laughter because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. First of all, I didn't expect this kind of thing to happen to my bike. Second of yeah. all, it's like pouring rain. Um, and I don't know what to do. Like, how do I get, I don't have a welder. So, yeah. um, one one friend told me to go to find a muffler shop to see if they could weld it for me. I was like, oh, I, yeah, that's a good idea. So I get on my bike with no exhaust 
start it starts right up and ride with no exhaust to oh, dude how'd that uh, sound a muffler shop in the and it's pouring rain again oh wait okay so before i left before i get on my bike i tell i put all my tools back in the truck and mm-hmm. i tell my chase okay let's ride down there's a muffler shop a couple miles away let's see if they can help me out and they're getting back into the car and the guy driving was like it's locked and i was like great unlock it he's like the keys are inside (laughs) so and so my chase locks himself out of the uh of the car i'm like they are getting pissed now because they're trapped in the pouring rain yeah Uh, well actually two of them weren't that mad they were like they also thought it was funny but the guy who was driving one and locked it so i'll say this he locked the keys inside because my car doesn't auto locked yeah auto lock so he locked it inside um that's and an awesome question. Why would he lock the doors? We were like on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it's pouring rain again. I'm I'm dying of laughter. I'm like, <laughs> I'm leaving. See ya. Good luck. Peace. Um, you know, you know, yeah, you know see, those poses a... <laughs> you guys were doing by me? Peace yeah, out. <laughs> that's what it was. It was like revenge. They, yeah. Some of them were laughing, some of them were pissed. So I just left. I was like, good luck trying to open it. They were like trying to like jam shit and through the window or whatever. Yeah. I was just like, I'm just going to go find a muffler shop. I get to the first muffler shop. It's closed and I'm soaking wet. And I just sit there outside and like all the doors are closed. I'm just like, okay, next one. There's another one a couple of miles further down the road. So I get to that one. They're open and it's two these two old guys just like sitting there, like watching TV, just like there's no business, nothing happening. Yeah. Just, they're just sitting there watching TV. And I tell them my story. I'm like, okay, so I'm in this race. Like, I'm doing, I'm trying to do all these things. I'm like, my bike broke and I don't have a weather. And I was wondering if you'd help me out. And they're like, and they're like, sure, we'll help you. <laughs> and so, and so, like, um, I do all my things. I like take off all my things so I can like get in there and weld it. Um, I like unplug my CDI and all these things. And I'm like making sure to nothing that, that everything's good to weld. And the guy just like, I was expecting, like, I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting some kind of, by that time we had met a lot of people. I've met a lot of strangers on the side of the road. Cause mm-hmm. I'd stopped to reach out a couple of times and like refuel. And sometimes it'd be in the, um, in driveways of people that just lived like on these back roads. Uh, sometimes they would come out and like say hi. And like, I would explain to them what was happening and they'd be so stoked and they yeah. would love it. Um, and when I showed it to this muffler shop, they had, they did not care. I, I know this sounds looking, so California. I, yeah. I sound like such a California selfish bitch right now. They did <laughs> not care. They did not help. No, they helped me. They were so they were nice. They were pretty nice. But I guess in my in my um they weren't dream, jazzed about it like other people. My were. dream scenario was like they pull out all this metal. We're gonna reinforce your frame right yeah. now. It's gonna be amazing. Your bike is never gonna break again, it's gonna yeah. ride better than ever. And um, the guy lays down, just like, 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 um, doesn't even put his mask on, just like puts it over his eyes real quick, just like blast it like that, like that. Takes it. Oh, out. I saw the welds, dude. They're quite hideous. Yeah. Yeah, and like, there's a bunch of wire coming out of the, like the weld, and I was like, oh, it's welded. He's like, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, this is good. It's back together. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it was welded. Like, sure. Um. Um, and, and at that point, my, my chase is still 
locked in the car. So I have to call around. I lost like another hour calling. At this point, I had been like, it had been maybe like an hour and a half since I first stopped. And then I spent like another hour trying to find them, um, somebody who could come by and unlock the door. And eventually yeah. I found somebody. And from there, they met up with me at the welfare shop and I kept moving. And oh, okay, so at this point, I still had that stud in my cylinder. Yeah, yeah. And I figured I had um, one of the studs had fallen out, so I put in a new stud. And I still had a. I tried to try to get away with just using one stud, and um, that didn't work. I rode it for like fifteen minutes, and it was still terrible, still leaking yeah. all over the place. So I pulled over in a gas station, and I swapped the top end in a gas station. Oh, you swap. That, you went from yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I, well, I had a spare. I had a spare cylinder. So, yeah. Um, and I couldn't. I, I sent my chase to get a bolt extractor. I tried using it and like it was just it wasn't I wasn't going to wait for this thing to like drill through this steel like um, bolt. So I was yep. like, it's not happening. Not here, at least. So, um, yeah, I just put a new top end on. And then from there, my jetting was all off. My car get, kept getting clogged because it was still raining. Yep. I was using like the foam, the foam filter, oh. um, and those things get clogged really bad in the rain. I've never had luck with those, dude. Like They're I not just good. do the screen mesh that they they sell at Treats, just basically, yeah. basically as a blocker. And about once a month, I'll blow them out from the oil and stuff and call it good. Yeah, well, I was using like the screen mesh and the foam inside, um, but I took out. Yeah, I just took off the the uh, whole filter and had to rejet it. So. And I couldn't, and I couldn't really move because it's still kind of like it's still drizzling outside. So I just, I just pulled over on the side of the road, put the bike on the stand, and revved it. Didn't didn't clear or was it or was or didn't clear at top at like the max RPM, re uh or down jet. Yep. Rev it again, down jet. Rev it again, and it's like it just took like another hour. Okay, maybe not that much. Maybe like another well, half hour no, just sitting there. It felt like there. an hour, dude. I guess. Yeah, it yeah. felt like so long because I had to like empty the bowl. And like do all these things to rejet. So I was like, it was just tiring having to like rejet, blast it, rejet again. And eventually I got it. Eventually that cleared up. So I was like, okay, we'll keep going. And I was, and my chase was all tired and wet. I was like, you guys go eat whatever happens from here. We'll see. We'll see. Like I'll keep going. Yeah. And from there I kept going. Um, like my, uh, at one point, one of my clutch pads went out. So I had an extra clutch and all the tools on me, swapped it out. At another point, the clutch bell nut flew off, so I had oh. another, another, I had another nut on me. Put mm -hmm. it back on, um, and then I was, I was getting closer to the. I think, I think the last time I stopped was like maybe like an hour from the, where the stop, the next destination was. So from there, I don't think I had any problems, but it was getting dark, and um, when I went to turn my light on, uh, I, I noticed that my headlight was just flopping around and it had fallen off. Oh, fuck. and i was like half an hour away and there's still some sunlight so i was like okay i'll just write it like this um there's nobody it was like this crazy open field back road um and there was all these trees like hanging over the road and like fireflies everywhere and it was so it was such like it was just my like me like riding through. there was nobody else around there touching the and, sky dude yeah it was a very um a very nice moment, a very yeah. touching moment for the well, very stressful day. But that's what I always call it. Like when you're riding your bike and it's just like everything's cool and great and like you just feel one with everything around you, dude, touching the sky. 
Like that's what yeah. it was. The bike was running perfectly, except for like, except for those clutch issues. Like at that point, I wasn't even like I, I this whole time I don't think I was ever frustrated or like mad. I was just like, this is what I signed up for. This is really fun. Like I was still having so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. and like yeah, the bike was running great after I like fixed those jetting issues and I was having fun with it. Um yeah, and I got there that day and just went to sleep immediately. Or well, I had to get it. Because when I got there, the the frame broke again, so I had to get it welded again. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that with Angel? She brought yeah. her welder or somebody did. Yeah, that was really nice. Angel was so nice this whole time because every time, um, every day after that, my, fa- my frame kept breaking, so I had to get Angel to fix it. Um, and it was very nice of Angel to do that. We love you, Angel. Yeah, shout out. Big shout out, Angel. Um. But so, yeah, I mean, from there, like my my other days were just like no engine troubles, just mm-hmm. frame. So my fr- my bike just kept getting shakier every day. Um, and shit was just like flying off. And like we kept trying to reinforce it every night. But I was just like, whatever. It, the, the engine was like bulletproof. I didn't need to do anything to the engine. Mm-hmm. Um, except the jetting every once in a while. I'd be riding and be like, oh, it feels a little lean. And I'd pull yeah. over reject or object be like way better and i'll be like oh that's nice that's nice yeah, yeah um yeah it was just like little things thankfully i didn't have to deal with any engine troubles but frame troubles were the biggest ones that's that's a bummer too like yeah yeah um, you don't expect that kind of thing no especially from that frame like i that yeah, tubular it frame also really it's all really thin metal mm. um that's not meant to go so at this point my bike was going faster and i was definitely like riding it really hard mm-hmm. so i'm sure it wasn't meant for that kind of vibration and stress at yeah. any point um yeah um so you ride it uh you're not having issues what was it like finally crossing the finish line that was nice well i was like that okay so when you mentioned the last 45 minutes of a drive mm-hmm. we're awful for you this is how the, the last 45 minutes were for my ride because the last 45 minutes i was just like my my frame is broken i didn't weld it the night the night before because i was just like oh because we were at a park and we don't have anywhere to weld it and i was just like i'm so over this if this breaks i'm just gonna load it in like i don't care i had so much fun i made it all this far like i am chilling mm-hmm. and i was in second place at that point um even though i had lost like a ton of hours on that third day yep um but yeah it was just like oh what was it there was my bike started running extremely lean uh, mm-hmm. on that last day and i had to ride it with the choke on the whole time and so i was scared i was gonna seize but no like with the choke on i ran perfectly but at a stoplight i had to turn the choke off uh-huh. and just like let it, idle, let it idle for a little bit and once we got moving i had to like reach down pull the choke back up again and ride like that wide open but yeah That's... the last day i didn't i didn't really have any issues oh a belt exploded at one point but i was expecting that mm-hmm um yeah i it was it was awful the last 45 minutes i was like i need to get there now i like <laughs> i was i was so scared of just breaking down right there because i was like i would have sucked i would have walked it i would have just walked it yeah um because i yeah like wherever i was i'm sure i could have made the six hour walk <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome and what was it what was everybody was just like I saw everybody come in and everybody was just okay, you were there. 
Yep. Yeah, Everybody was shell shocked. It that yeah. was the best. Like, there was no real emotion from anybody. <laughs> Everybody's like, "It's fucking over." Like that's yeah. the best. That's, that's, yeah, that's the best like, description finally, I can say. Jesus. <laughs> like you would think, like there'd be some different. Like even the winner, like I think T T three when they they were a little jazz, but everybody else was like, oh, it's over. <laughs> like, yeah, um, it was. It was a lot. Like I, I enjoyed. Because I this whole time we were, I mean, we were all talking to each other like at the campsites, but um, we would kind of like bounce around, just like talk to in between groups. They would talk to each other, but once we got to the finish line, that was like a like it was interesting talking to all the riders in a circle. That was like really interesting. I don't think that's something we like really did in between or during the race, but at the end we all like talked to each other and like what's what's what got fucked up on your bike what did what did you break ride my bike see it's terrible and we just like ride each other's bikes and like talk that was really that was really fun i think i maybe jumped on your bike and that thing yeah yeah. it (laughs) dude it wasn't bad like considering like i mean there's probably some stuff need to get tightened up here and there but considering that bike it just rode that far that long dude that was not that thing was still rocking and rolling yeah, that thing was fast, and it's still like the. That's why I was like stoked that the engine had no issues. There was no leaks, nothing the whole time. Um, like the engine was perfect. It was just the frame that um, slowed me down. <laughs> the frame slowed me down. So, um, yeah, that was the only bad part about it. But yeah. So what did you uh, end up third place then? Second. Second. second okay. I. Why did I haven't? That was the QCB that got third. QCB back. got third place. Yeah. Um. So you got second, and how was the trip? Did you stay one night or two nights in Richmond? Then I stayed one night. We were. I was planning to like stay a couple nights because they were like gonna drive around the next day and go like sightseeing, do touristy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I'm ready to dip. So, yeah. <laughs> so we just like spent one night there, left, and just I just floored it all the way back. Well. We got our prize money, which was like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, and I used that money to, um, well, I would drive. I would get up early, and we would drive as far as we could. And I'd be like, "All right, Chase, look up at like a good restaurant wherever we're going by," and we'd be like eating like steak and like fancy, fancy dinners. Awesome. Um, and I just, I was just like, I'm just trying to drive home right now. Just find somewhere where we can stop and relax. And I'll keep driving. Yeah. Um, it was fun though. Like the way back, we were all like, we were all tired, but we were just like hanging out. We were like, we were having fun the whole time. It wasn't yeah, bad. Yeah, dude. It so, and it sounds like you had a great experience with a bunch of friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. And did anybody actually get into mopeds or did you scare them well, off too much? One of my friends already had a mo. Um, I don't know if she had a moped by then. I'm pretty sure she did have a moped um, then, but she, didn't write it much or no she got a moped after that but okay. she had to sell it one of my moped, one of my other friends has a moped um but i think she i think i don't know what happened to that i don't know if she's writing it but one of them yeah so a couple of them did get yeah. into it they're not they weren't super into it but they they still enjoy it and they still want to keep trying to ride dude that's awesome we still talk about it yeah yeah um so you did that and then i can't like and then randomly like we me, you and i kind of 
reconnect not really we said maybe five words to each other but like we we ran into each other in santa fe and i was shocked as hell to see you there i was just because for me oh yeah it was was it was a knee-jerk reaction dude like i was still like baker's really not being able to do it last year really kind of effed me up like Mm -hmm. and going to richmond and kind of doing a spiritual journey on the way back like just getting right in my head somewhat but like i was miserable in a job i hated like hated every monday going to and like i had called in for like a day and i was it was memorial weekend or labor day weekend and i'm like you know what if i'm gonna go i have to leave right now and this is like at three in the afternoon on a thursday and i was like okay i'll load a bike up that i just soft seized you know two days earlier screw it i'm gonna go to san or san uh santa fe santa fe yeah 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 and then koi pond like start making memes about us racing each other because those guys left within hours i saw that it took me two days to get to santa fe it took me Uh, and i saw it three hours it took you 23 hours yep and i was taking a nap at a truck stop wow like because i locked my bike to my this is the only time i've ever done this i locked my bike to my carrier because i was afraid those guys from Chicago were going to steal my bike in the middle of the night. Cause I told them <laughs> I mistakenly told them the freaking exit that I got off on in case I'm like, yeah, it's a pretty decent truck stop. And like, apparently that idea did get kicked around, kicked around their, uh, Koi pond, uh, Galati. Yeah. Like they're like, we should steal his bike. And then I don't know who, which wiser head prevailed on that, but I'm very happy they didn't even try it but no and that was a rad rally like i'd never been to the south uh west ever and yeah yeah that was my second rally um it took me two days to get there i camped along the way because i was just Mm -hmm. trying to take it easy but um yeah i went to the rally and my bike was running like every i guess everybody's bike was running like shit because everything runs like shit up there um but they were everybody there was super nice the Mm -hmm. goat heads were very nice people but um, I think I left on Saturday because I was just like, um, what was it? Yeah, I was like, there was a, we went on that long ride in the morning or something and I had, we had fun. That, we can't, we, we, oh, we camped. Along. That's right. We camped. Yep. Um, and we then went we through came... the rainstorm in a desert. Okay. Yeah, that's I'll, right. It was raining. I show up to the desert and it freaking rains. So go yeah, figure. that's right. <laughs> that's kind of ironic. <laughs> um, and then. We read back and I think there was going to be a Sunday ride, but I was like, um, I want to go see something else. So I just drove to Utah and went like drove through the um, Monument Valley and camped up there and just like so was awesome. having fun by myself. And yeah. I, re- I like I went I, like uh, dirt biking on my moped a little bit up there and just like had such a great experience by myself that i was like i was so stoked i mean i was i was sad because i wanted to talk to everybody else who was there and i didn't really get a chance to talk to the people that were hosting the rally but um yeah. i also needed the me time so i just dipped yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i feel you on that um and it wasn't like i think a day or two after i got back from that rally i quit my job i'm just like nope and then i've got a job now that's like yeah very i'm very happy there that's um good. And that was, um, I was going to say something to you, and now I've kind of trailed off. Um, 
So the, and some of the reason why I wanted to have you on was because of your Baker's Dozen experience and just randomly running in. I did want to know more about you. Um, so I think it was Jan- January or February this year. I had my Baker's Dozen bike still. There's a ton of issues I had with it, and I just – and I kept staring at – I have two stands, basically like office tables I cut down into moped stands. And I looked at that thing for about a year, and – I talked to the owner of my company and I'm like, what do you think about this, about me doing this race? He goes, you absolutely, and you don't know this, but a lot of the audience knows. I think half the reason why I got my job is because I'm into vintage mopeds because the owner of my company's father worked for Renault and he lived in France for like seven years as a kid and had a, he had a motivate like Uh growing up as a kid. And I told him about all this in my initial interview. And so like, I think mopeds got me my job, but I told him about this race and he goes, you have to do it. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, whatever you need off, dude, don't worry about it. Um, so I talked to him and I just stared at my bike for like, it could have been five minutes. It could have been an hour. It doesn't matter. And that's when I decided I have to fit. I have to finish this. And like, I thought of like, how rad you were and how rad Maitland was and like all these people that I got to meet just being at the finish line when I got invited there, like I have to be a part of this. And so I got, I told Mars and a few people and I got thrown in list and I found out you're doing it again this year. Are you planned to do it? Um, I was planning to, so there's maybe a story to that. When I came back from Baker's does and I, um, I rebuilt my whole bike. So I took, I stripped it down to the frame um, and rebuilt everything. And, um, I got myself a welder and, um, welded it back up. And so I welded up the frame and I welded up new engine mounts. Um, cause I ended up finding, eventually finding the, like the issue with my frame and like why it was breaking. So, um, I had a lot, a lot of time and this was right when I came back. So right when I came back, I was like, okay, let's fix this. And just like fixed it, like built a new engine for it. Um, made it perfect and so my bike had been ready to race since um probably january mm-hmm. or maybe earlier it'd been like it had been set perfect and i was like i'm writing this this mm-hmm. is better than before bigger um, stronger faster yeah, yeah yeah and so it was getting closer last month i had a bike salon and that bike had there's another derby piston part with all of my spare parts in it so mm-hmm. like um, wheels and um, all the transmission stuff. This, I mean, the, the spare engine by itself, I could have like stripped all the parts of that in case I needed them. Yeah. Like all these and things. And I remember you posting that on uh, Instagram, I believe. Your bike yeah, I got stolen. stolen. Um, and I was really bummed out about that. And then like, I kind of lost interest in doing it. And then my chase also couldn't make it this year. So I was like, um, I don't know if I want to do it anymore. So I just bought a ticket to Europe uh, for June, for early June. I was like, eh, fuck it. I'm just going to ditch it. I'll do it next year. Um, okay. Eventually my bike, eventually my bike came back and I was like, oh, I guess, I guess I could do it. But no, I, um, I don't feel like planning that out because I don't have a chase and I'd rather deal with them if I'm going to do it again, at least this okay. year. So, um, but uh, I'm going to be traveling around for a while and, I do want to make it out to Baker's Dozen to Nebraska um, oh, no, just dude. to hang out. No, I do Nebraska's want to make it out. Nebraska's terrible. So. 
What? It's terrible. Nebraska. Terrible. Oh, well, I don't want to Dude, go I grew to up Nebraska. in the Midwest. Trust me on this. I wouldn't steer the thing you is, wrong. I don't want to go to Nebraska. I want to um, somehow. Go to Rapid City. Go to Rapid I wanna, City. It'd be great. I want to. Well, see, I was going to see if um, if I paid somebody for gas and told them that I can drive all day. That might be a convincing idea. And I think Mayland said that I, he might have space in his van. So I'm trying to figure out a way to see if I can. Um... We need to talk after the podcast. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't want to be a part of a team. Nope. I, I'm going to be so tired mm-hmm. from traveling. I just like, I just want to show up and make my way to Portland because I have a friend in Portland. Yep. I just want to make my, and I'm, I'm already driving out there. I have a plan to drive out there. Yep. So I don't know for sure though. I don't know if I for sure have a plan to drive out there, but we'll I talk. do have, I know I'm making my way back to the U S eventually around that time. So we'll yeah. see if anybody has space. Yeah, dude, no worries. But we'll, we'll chit chat. I might have an, an opportunity for you, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> but so you're going to do Europe there, dude, that's rad as hell. Like, fuck yeah. yeah. Cause like travel is probably a little more open now. So yeah. I was supposed to go on Red Bull all the way before the world shut down in uh, Holland. So I don't know if that's ever going to hit that opportunity. I think that window may have closed for me, but you never know. Um, but yeah, so what, how did you, okay, you kind of brushed over it. How'd you get your bike back? How did I get my bike back? Yeah, oh, the, the one stolen that was stolen. One. The yeah. stolen one? Um it was a variant. So it wasn't the same bike that I'd ridden mm-hmm. through, but it had the Baker's Dozen engine on it. So yeah. I built a new engine for my Baker's Dozen bike. And I kept my old Baker's Dozen engine on this variant just for spare parts. Um, I got it back because a friend of a friend um, had told that friend that he saw it downtown in San Francisco. And so I get woken up by this phone call at like 8.30 in the morning. Um, and I see this call, I'm like, oh, that's weird. He normally doesn't really call me. Like, I've never gotten yeah. a call from this guy. And so he's like, Jose, we found your bike. It's locked up in um, downtown. Come grab it because I'm not there. Um, and yeah, I just like run up, go get some, go to Ace Hardware, get some bolt cutters, grab a friend yeah. and show up. And there it is. <laughs> we just, it was locked up. So we just get the bolt cutter, cut it off. Uh we don't even tie it down in the in the bed of the car. We just throw it in and leave. Yeah, <laughs> mine, mine, my bike, mine again. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But I was, of course, is spray painted black. Everything was spray painted black. Classic. Of course, move. it was. Well, it matched your Baker's bike then, so you know, whatever. Yeah, it had a lot of sentimental value to it. I'm sorry. I was trying to throw the ray of sunshine on for you for a moment, but. That's that's a bummer, but dude, I'm happy you got your bike back. Yeah. Oh, I'm stoked. That thing it still runs perfect. Nothing they didn't fuck up anything, I don't think. So I've been riding it. Um yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect bike. Um, so what you said you're going to Europe, you might take along with the bakers. Um what are your mopeds plans for twenty twenty two then? Um Oh no. I've been kind of like not wrenching much recently. Um I there's I have too many bikes in my garage at the moment, so I don't I can't really get anything new. Mm-hmm. 
Um, are they running sure. bikes though? That's the well, question. the thing is, there's a lot of there's some frames with no engine mm-hmm. that are flanking us space, and I've been thinking about getting some engines to fill that space. <laughs> um, but I want to like, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to hold off for something cool because I don't want to just put an E50 on random things and yeah, call it a day. So maybe when I go to Europe, I'll find some good deal on Euro Derby parts. Be Where cool. are you going in Europe? Because I hear um, they have derby stuff in Spain. Yes, <laughs> My... well, that's where derby's from. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, My buddy was... John SD from Daggers, you know mm-hmm. that center plastic piece that the variants all are yeah. missing? He got one in Spain. Mm-hmm. Like, that was the only way he goes, dude, I asked everybody. And I was in Spain last year, and I found one there. Yeah, well, there's, um, if you look on Spanish, the equivalent of the Craigslist, it's filled with, like, extremely cheap engines that are like extremely rare engines that are so cheap um yeah so i'm i'm going to france italy and then i don't know really know where but i don't think i'm going to uh spain so i might try to get shipped something shipped to me over there but i don't know that's like i i'm I'm not really in a wrenching mood right now i've got this aprilia rs50 that i've been uh working on or well it's it's running now but um i've been like having fun with that and Dude, it's a shifty awesome. so it's that's got like the the minerali shifty engine the, okay. the um, am6 okay have you ever seen those no um, i haven't i'm very ignorant to some of the exotic stuff out there but i had a buddy who actually had one of those aprilia rs50s like he owned a he was a huge aprilia fan so like mm-hmm. the motorcycle side he was nuts over them I should I should see what Billy ever did with that. Anyway, There's sorry. So much it. fun. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so much fun. Well, I've been just work like writing that and yeah, and then um well my my derby that I thought was indestructible that I built for Faker's dozen for this year turned out not to be indestructible and that's sitting in the in the garage because with a it's broken, a moped. Well, it's a broken output <laughs> shaft, so I broke the whole shaft by going too fast. <laughs> Dylan Dylan from Moped Brothers actually broke a not the output shaft, the crank. He broke. Yeah, the crank, he should, like, That's who I sent. That's who I sent to the my derby engine to. <laughs> yeah, he was. I saw he broke his internals, and I was like, "Oh, I have a new engine for you. Perfect." Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I like. Oh, actually, you know, it's funny. Um, here's a broken output shaft that I <laughs> from the last time it happened. It got snapped right off you can't really dude that's but... a nice break that's awesome um yeah. but yeah yeah dude like so you can do the europe thing are you gonna try to hit any west coast rallies or anything like that because i know mosquito oh. fleet's doing something or what? Am I are you gonna to go try to, to hit any rallies other than the baker's dozen i might go to seattle i don't yeah. know yet though i like there's not a lot of things close to me and um I'm pretty good at getting time off, but um, I mean, Seattle's pretty close. I might be able to do that. If I have something running and I feel like it, I'll make my way up there. How far is Denver for you? Um, <laughs> That looked like a, I, I saw that look like far. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not exactly. It. I mean, maybe where, where, what's in Denver? What the is, syndicates in uh, are throwing a Labor Day weekend rally, I think. At least that was a talk. Like when's Labor Day weekend? That's the one at the end of August, beginning of September. Uh, probably not. I feel like if I would, 
were to go to one around those states, it would probably just be Mosquito Fleet because right Seattle on. seems pretty cool. Yeah. Um, right on, dude. I uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, yeah. It was Thanks. really rad yeah, you've been to like, know you. You've asked me a couple your... times. And I was like, yeah, okay, all right, I'll, I'll hop on. <laughs> um, just to know, and you are a rad, rad guy, and, like, you show – I'm still very new. Like we probably got into mopeds right in the same, I mean, I right in the same time frame. So like it, you don't have to be the seasoned vet to do bakers. You don't have to you just do it, you know, just do it. Yeah. People. Like, you don't, yeah. Fun. You don't have to be um, very good at it. You just have <laughs> to get lucky or you have to like fix breaking and fixing things. Mm-hmm. That's well, the main one. If you're into mopeds, you're like to fix and break stuff a lot because there's something wrong with you, which there is with all of us, but yep. that's all right. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, thank you, everyone, for checking out the Instagram page, Facebook groups, and all that stuff. Uh, don't forget to like, listen, subscribe, wherever you get Second Chance Moped Podcast. Um, I can't thank Jose enough for coming on. And don't forget, my guy, mopeds are dumb. See you.